nous allons I don't know what I really don't know what to say to that. <laughs> You're just thinking out loud in that one there. <laughs> That's what happened then. I don't have nothing to say. And we're back here at the back of the podcast with the highest level of analysis that the culture needs. It's your boy Jordan. This is like a classic episode because it's only myself and Joe. We have tried to locate main man Deji. We cannot locate him. Like he's gone a while, but he'll be back. He'll be back. But in, he is in, alive. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is not COVID related. This is not related. The guy's alive. We just haven't been able to look at him for the last week. Hope he's grand chat. He's in month. And as of Dio, Dio's working, isn't it? Dio's working. Deji is in monk mode. Yes. So we're back to the classic Jordan and Joe episodes. How I started. Back when the podcast was booming. <laughs> we, remember, we record at least weekly or some shit like that back in the yeah. days <laughs> we talked about sports every, football every week that dead sports now we'll get into all of that how are you doing bro i'm all right you know it's been, just... it's been a mad week isn't it <laughs> yeah there's, uh, there's, there's just there's just so much going on and it's like I, yeah I, I mean i keep tweeting about it from the pod account like I've never really seen anything like this year <laughs> in my life, yeah. and I've never experienced like I've, you know, like we were talking the other day, and you hear things going on in other countries, and you're like, oh, right, I feel for them, blah blah blah. And even though like a madness is not going on where we live, this is probably yeah. the first time in like my life where something global I, I think anyway i can't i can't remember off the top of my head but it, it's it's the first time i can remember or the first time as an adult anyway where something globally has happened and i'm like it's actually having an effect on my mood <laughs> like, yeah i actually feel like i need to pause for like a, a and, bit this is too much and just like and, and then you just deep like because like the pandemic you know it's like everybody's saying everybody's going through it but with the with the george floyd thing situation i shouldn't say thing murder the george floyd murder that's what it actually was if we're being uh, specific it just feels like it's all the way in minnesota and i'm here in dublin with no relations to like george floyd but you watch that and there's like your heart feels a certain way usually i say it like you see or like, what's his name? Aubrey, Ahmad Aubrey. I don't want to get his yeah. name wrong. Like you, you see these gun shootings and you see like the police brutality. In, so, in those instances, it seems like so quick. It's like, pah, pah, they're shot and they're mm. dead. And you're kind of like, wow, it's mad that like, because they're black, you do that. But this one, for some reason, it hit differently. It felt like the policeman, whatever his, whatever his name is, he killed him because he could. Because usually they say, I feared for my life, or he was resisting. But you're watching a nine-minute video. If he's resisting, or you're fear, you feared for your life as a police officer. You don't have your hands in your pockets when you're there. 
because we can we've we've all been in situations where it's a bit dodgy or you're walking somewhere or somewhere you've never been and you feel a bit dodgy the last thing you do is you put your hands in your pocket if you feel any kind of danger so they feed us this narrative is like oh i was protecting myself or i felt in danger all of these narratives that sometimes in our minds are like okay maybe we shouldn't be resisting okay maybe the police officer was feeling threatened but in this video it's like he killed a human being because he had the power to kill a human being and he knew there would be no little to no consequences behind it because there hasn't been so the world has conditioned him his not the world his country has conditioned him to believe that you get off scot-free with these things and like you see tweets or anybody say the more you let some someone off something they'll just keep doing it until they like even if a child if you keep letting them off anything it's a human it's a human thing if you let someone off they'll just keep doing it and that's what it's come down to like it felt like he killed this man because he could not because he was in danger not because the guy was resisting he just could do it so he did it and that's why it hit me differently because before this it was like sudden i would see the videos but he felt sudden he felt quick and snappy it's like wow but it, this version just felt dragged out the person begging for his life telling him he can't read asking for his dead mom an accumulation of all all, all this worth that eight minute video was hard not to kind of be like okay this one felt different for me anyways i don't know how it felt for you kind of like dissecting it nah like i didn't i didn't see the video I, I, on purpose because i knew that I, 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 I just i don't need that i don't i don't i don't need to see that like I, it reminds me of yeah. when when uh this guy was walking around with um a rifle in new zealand and he was just and he was just um and he was just shooting muslims and yeah i, I yeah. saw the video of that and that was enough for me to say okay i'm not watching any more videos of people dying because it's not like it is in the movies. In the movies, you can tell it's fake, but you can actually just see the mo. It's just not the same. It's just it's it's just too much for for yeah. I I I I've got like I'm relatively cold blooded, but fucking hell, like do you know what I mean? So mm. when 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 I see the screenshot and then I read what actually happened. And Leah, like what you said about him calling, calling his his mom who was who was dead. Like, if if you're doing that at that point, like if if you if someone is strangling you, this is just my my opinion. Yeah? If somebody yeah. is strangling you, and like your first instinct is let them know that I can't breathe, which he did. Yeah. Your second instinct is try and breathe which of course he did and then i'm sure you reach a point where it's like oh wait shit hang on i actually can't breathe i can't breathe and there's no air in my lungs to the extent where like i can even tell this guy yo i can't breathe so i've got to say something right now and for you to in that moment think of your mum who's already passed that just goes to show like he was already gone. He he was gone then. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, that for me was like, hang on a second. It literally just echoed what you said. Like you're telling me that someone 
has the full weight of the law behind them to do that at will. It's, it's just not. It is not. It's absolutely not. And um, yeah. just, it's, 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 it's like, it's just too much. <laughs> do you know what, yeah. do you know what no, I mean? I, no, I get you. I get you. And like, I think maybe you were saying it to me or maybe it was someone else. Their law just, their law is pussy. Like they, anything, it's designed to kind of protect police. And the other thing then is like people then given like, obviously it needs to be changed because you cannot watch that video as a human being. And I think I just saw a tweet that was saying that was the first time all 50 states are protesting. And then in yeah. terms of the protesting, there's different methods to achieve change. What do you make of the way they went about it this way? Like kind of with the looting and the destroying Minnesota, Atlanta. We saw Killer Mike speak out, which I thought his speech was very well. But I also heard Charlemagne speak out in first t- first first, uh, first take. take. And I thought that he said what he said very well as well. So it's just like y- you can see different sides and agree with all sides because if you're intelligent enough to to see what people are coming from or trying or what they're trying to say, what's your take on the way they've chosen to protest this time? I, I, Hello? I don't. I, I I'm here. I'm here. I'm just trying to think because. Okay, sorry. <laughs> because the the honest reality of it, Jordan, is I don't know. Yeah. And normally in the past I've been on the side of I'm all for the protest, the peaceful protest. I'm all I'm, I'm here for that. If and if it wasn't for COVID, I would have went to the one in London on Sunday. Yeah. Or or I would go to the ones in London in the next coming days, but So I'm all for the peaceful protest, but the and in normal circumstances like the looting, I'm not really here for that because most of the time it's just people being opportunist. Yeah. And it's like, all right, fine, fair enough. But like I said, this this when you realize what's caused this round of protest and this round of looting, you can't but I don't want to say support it, but you can't understand, at least understand. You, you, can't, not, 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 you can't not understand why. Yeah. Like, I, I think I'm of the same mindset, but go on, yeah. You can't not understand why, because when you like you said, like you were saying about the law and all of that jazz, that what's scary is that there's nothing stopping this from happening again in the future. Yeah. Because as you said, the law, I was actually listening to Flagrant 2 like a couple of hours ago, and um, essentially how they kind of described it is like, it's not, not only is the law set up to kind of protect police officers in um, in these sort of uh, circumstances, but like there's like police unions whose job it is to basically ensure that whatever happens, you still have a job at the end of this. 
and all those union reps have to prove is that um, the cop feared for his life. And if somebody says, I fear for my life right now, in any situation, in any situation, how do you disprove that they were fearing for their life? Yeah. You, you could be in McDonald's, yeah, and some guy could sit there and say, I fear for my life. It, it reminds me, it reminded me of this one time I was on a train and the train was packed. And this guy said, like this middle-aged white guy just said, oh, it's a packed train, it's a packed train, I need to get off, I need to get off, I need to get off. And I was like, brother, you just got on, why are you getting off, what's wrong with you? But you, I only deeped it like when I got home, that, oh, maybe he suffered from claustrophobia or whatnot. So if he would have come out and said, I fear for my life right now, who's going to challenge it? How do you challenge yeah. that? How do you challenge that? So when all a police officer has to prove or, you know, say is that they fear for their life, how do you, and you can't disprove fear, you can't disprove that somebody felt an emotion at a particular time. Even with video, you can't disprove that that police officer felt fear, right? What evidence do we have right now to suggest that this is not going to happen in the future? Yeah. And that's why all the riots and the unpeaceful protests, I can't even say, oh, they're not right, but I, but, but I get it. I just get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm of the same mindset because I had a tweet, for, I, I think I sent you from 2016, where I was like, you can't then go killing people just because they kill people, like eye for an eye kind of thing. Uh, but now I'm just I'm at the stage where, like, I don't know if what the looting or the protests or the um, I don't know if that's right. But, like, it's got to a stage where when they put their fist in the sky, they didn't listen. Colin Kaepernick took a knee, they didn't listen. What has peaceful protests given for us to be like, oh, it's gonna work this time? I'm not even sure if the loot thing is going to work, but I'm at I'm the I'm that mindset like fucking Einstein. Uh, if you do something like insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting different results. So if this doesn't work, I was like, all right, then the looting doesn't work either. Let's try a new method. But at the same time, I can't like my friend told me there's like an Igbo proverb that says a kid who doesn't feel embraced by the city will burn the city down just to feel the warmth. Like, sure, literally and metaphorically. Killmonger said that in Black Panther, didn't he? I Maybe. I don't know. Martin said it to me, so... <laughs> I feel like... I feel like... I feel maybe... Maybe your boy is... Maybe he did. Maybe Killmonger did. Maybe your boy is... Trying to bolster the evil <laughs> stuff. You get me? And you know what's funny? Well, I don't even I don't even mean this in a rude way. I really don't. don't yeah. Please don't take this like don't take this the wrong way. Like people who are listening to this, that is such an evil thing to do. <laughs> like that would not surprise me if he was like, that's a really good proverb. Yeah, fuck it, let's claim that shit. <laughs> well yeah, so <laughs> but I, I, I'm at that mindset now, it's like like, Killer Mike said it right, it's at the end of the day, you're burning down your own city, so you're going to have to build up your own city. 
So I get, to, I do, I do get the counter the part that it is counterproductive. But at the same time, if you if you have a bully that that keeps pushing you, you tell him to stop, 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 and he doesn't stop, and you punch him in the face, you might get in trouble. But at that time, that bully might respect you more. It might be like, all right, this isn't gonna I mean, slide. Yeah. Like I just can't keep even 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 um even Jay Huff said it in. Uh, I can't remember the song, but I'll get it for you. But he said, they only respect violence. Sometimes, in some yes. cases, some people are so stubborn that sometimes you act... I think you said it... To, I, I think me and you were talking months ago. Uh, me and you and Dio were talking months ago about something. And you guys said it to me. Sometimes you actually have to move mad. No, no, I, I, that, I, I always say it. Sometimes you have to match people's energy. Yeah. Because there's no way they're like, if you, if you, you let them keep moving mad, they'll keep moving mad. And like, it's not like we haven't. If this was the first response, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe we should have tried talking. But literally, they put their fist in the sky. They said, nah. Colin knelt, put a knee, uh, went on one knee. They changed the narrative as he was just like he was disrespecting the national anthem. Like, what the fuck? He told oh, you it's about police yeah, brutality, racial that. inequality. <laughs> On the Kaepernick thing, I think the reason, the reason why um, he got so much heat was the NFL actually didn't say to him, you can't protest. They yeah. said, if you want to protest, don't come out for the national anthem, stay in the locker room. So we're all for you protesting police brutality, but don't disrespect the national anthem by kneeling. Just stay inside. Just don't come out for it. And that can be your protest. We don't want to sing the national anthem or honor the national anthem. And you want people to still be like, oh, why are you doing that? Then fair enough to stay in the locker room, right? Fair but, that could have been their message. Yeah. But you see, but the, the thing that yeah. I do, like, so the NFL said to him, like, oh, you can protest, just not in this way. And, like, to me, I'm sitting here thinking, from both, like, to, I, I'm thinking, like, if I was an independent, person like looking at both sides i'm sitting there looking at both sides saying yeah what difference does it make <laughs> because yeah. he's still like if he's not present for the national anthem and he's in the locker room and he comes out and explains why then he's gotten the awareness that he wants if he knows and people ask why he's got so like guys what difference does it make they're so patriotic that they will like obviously change the narrative like it's about the American flag. That's what they did. If he, if, even if he stayed inside, who's to say they still wouldn't change the narrative that he's not this respecting the American flag by not coming because out? Because they didn't, they didn't even publicize the fact that they offered him the, they offered him another option of sitting in the, yeah. sitting in the locker room. I only found that out two days ago. My <laughs> After, <laughs> oh, do you? I know. After fucking the 79ers, the 49ers put up a tweet supporting police. <laughs> no, but uh, that was shameless. Errol, what do you make? What do you make of um, like people putting pressure on like 
celebrities, influencers, and brands to come out and support? Like, what's your what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that is yeah, if you're benefiting from, let's say, quote unquote, black culture, when it benefits you, you promote it on your social media. Like, you want to be like Mike, or that you get the, the like that you have the. Kim Kardashian is not fair because because even if Kim Kardashian doesn't speak out, she legit gets black women out of prison. Like so, maybe I shouldn't speak on that. But in other in other words, I understand the frustration that would people would use your culture to profit off you. You also want them to back that culture when there's a there's a social issue to, with the culture. I get that, but overall, I think don't people shouldn't be forced to support if the, if they're not their heart is not in it then allow it it's like you don't want fake love everybody always says i don't want fake love anyways so you don't want that fake support just because people like you know like olua jack that people got on his neck and then eventually he put tweet up my take on that is like which well that's initially the same point they felt like he was benefiting from black quote-unquote black culture like he would dance they call him olua jack he built his brand now that black issues are out here you're silent can I respond to that point specifically? So, of course, what's what's what I only thought about this now, so it's not really a well developed thought, yeah. Um, but it's it's maybe we can have a conversation about it because I was listening to Meet Us After Seven, um, yeah, podcast, and they said. Like Big Man News, he was really emotional about the whole topic, as is everybody. Like, even like, I don't know if you can tell, but I just don't have the same. So, I just don't have energy today. I just don't have, I'm just not on smoke at the moment, like in general. Yeah. But yeah, um, he said that, um, he said, uh, who the fuck, like, nobody wants to hear from Oliver Jack. Like, but, but we were the person that gave him that name anyway. Like, do you get me? Mm. So, mm. of course he doesn't. No, that's of, course, of course he doesn't get. So, like, the bit I wanted to bring up was, especially with this Jack Fowler guy. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that we that we open the proverbial borders to black culture too easily? Yeah, because I think, yeah, if we see a white guy that can even rap or dance. We're like, oh, he's invited to the cookout. Like, do you know that kind of thing? Mm. So, because when you that... think about it, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, again, I, this is just coming to me as we're, as we're conversing now. So, we want equality, yeah, mm-hmm. on every level. And I feel like sometimes because we want equality, like mm-hmm. you know they say you behave how you want to be treated you treat people how you want to be treated subconsciously mm-hmm. like uh, i feel like we're we're very accepting as a as a as a group of people we're very very accepting so mm. if you start pandering to the culture like your brand starts building or starts making um products for black women we're going to be like yeah yeah look what this brand is doing for black people yeah 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 or if this person, mm-hmm. if like Jack Fowler, for argument's sake, 
is like you know he's got a couple of black friends or whatever you know we're like yeah 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 he's like you said he's invited to cook out yeah we'll give him a nigerian name we'll call him oliver jack don't mm. you feel like we need to maybe we just need to be a little bit more selfish <laughs> yeah no i get no i get what you're saying I'm because not, we always ask for equality no no that that makes sense because we ask to be treated equal we we def especially us we come from a, a different land into their land so we we integrate ourselves into their into their country and culture so we yeah. also find a in a way we also try to integrate people into our cultures so when yeah. people when we see people maybe not even pandering because, because, on because purpose it's not even pandering but it's because yeah. that's what we want that's yeah. what we put out that's just as actually just what it's just who we are as people like do you know what i mean but yeah maybe we we need to stop pandering towards the plts and we need to stop pandering towards people like i'm not not saying him personally but like you know Oliver Jack and all of these people and like we need to stop pandering towards like influencers or brands or celebrities that just aren't actually what did he do to get that name Oluwajak. Jack what what did he do he that danced. was like so phenomenal he danced, he danced. I think he's too easy man it's too easy you see <laughs> that's what I'm saying is we, we sell our culture so cheap do you know what I mean and like when it comes to, like like we've been saying what but when it comes to real social issues real things that affect us it's like we get we get surprised that these people aren't coming out out of their own way to support i'm not surprised because yeah everybody moves everybody lives their life and carries out actions based on incentive mm. where is the incentive for me to do this the incentive for people like Jack, I hate to keep using him because it sounds like I'm just attacking him, but I'm really not. Yeah, but that's the name I brought up, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay, cool. So the the incentive for Jack Fowler to come out and make a post when he did is, uh, people are clowning me. If I stop, yeah. if I make a post, people will stop clowning me. There's the incentive. Mm-hmm. People are calling out PLT. If we I make a post, then people will stop calling us out. That's the incentive. But so we we get surprised that like these people don't come up, but they don't care. Why would why would they care? And and let's flip this around. Like uh, the reason why I think I'm able to have this view is because I watched a show called Noughts and Crosses. I've been telling people to watch this show since it came out. But it basically it flips the world around. So black people are oppressors and white people are black people in the real world, right? Mm. It's a really interesting show. And I was just like, hang on, I get why. Not that it's correct, but I understand why people, why white people act the way they act. But even just think of things that on the baseline level, when things are going on in like uh, the Middle East, but we don't care. Where's the, there's mm. no incentive for us to care. So why and, do you expect and I, other people to be incentivized to care? We expect them care to care because we, because we whore out our culture to them in want to be equal and all of that. But bruv, maybe we need to go about seeking equality the other way. Maybe we need to not go about dealing with our culture in terms of 
trying to get other people into our culture. Maybe we just need to do our own thing. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. You're just spitting. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But, like, I get, obviously, of course, I get where you're coming from. It's just, like, the guy dance, you give him, you give him the name of the jad. So then he obviously uses it to, to get whatever deals he may have gotten because he was popping at the minute. And now you feel like he's using black culture to profit, but he's not speaking on black issues. But at the same time, you, we just gave him the, we gave him the branding so quick. We gave him the, we gave him, bro. Now he, 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 I remember he was on three shots of tequila or something. And he said he came back from Love Island and he didn't even know he had this brand. He was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll just run with it then. Just run with it, yeah. No, yeah, I guess that makes sense, but on influence and not speaking out, what you're saying is cor- obviously is correct, but then I also get the frustration that was like, people then feel like because we've helped build up your brand, you should use that platform that we've helped you build to speak on issues that affect you. The same, the same people that have helped you build up. I, know, I get what you're saying. There's no incentive for him to speak out. Because he's, he's built his brand, he's made the cash, why then speak out? But people also, like, I do understand the other side that people are frustrated that we've put you on that platform to help us, do you know? When people, it's, it's, it's not a time now, like, you're, you're looking for any influence to help. It's our, it's our, it's our own, it's, it's just, I, I think it's our, it's, it's our, to an extent, like, we, I think maybe we're, Maybe we can, maybe we're a little bit naive. You know, mm. maybe we just, because that's the energy that we give out, we expect it back from other people. But I mean, for good We sake, expect it back, yeah. But like, I mean, look at the, yeah. look at what's driving this entire, this entire week. Like, but uh, these people are so privileged that <laughs> they, it's not about fairness, mate. It's, it's, it's about advantage. It's about privilege. It's about leverage. So, yeah. Uh, do you know and what I mean? Like, we'll see what comes of this. What comes of this whole uh, George Floyd thing? Like, uh, Shannon Sharp made a good point. Shannon Sharp says, if you see this is America now, imagine what it's gonna be if there's no charge or there's oh, no conviction. Oh, like so. Yeah. So the next, the next two, three weeks, six months are gonna be telling. I actually wanted to talk to you about Twitter thing, in regards to like racism. Okay. First, to tie you into George, just literally the week before the Amy Cooper thing happened, where Amy she's at Cooper? Central Park. The Central Park, oh the, yeah, yeah, the girl at Central Park oh. who was film, who got filmed, and she said, "I'm gonna say, do you know what was telling about that video? Why people pretend that like they don't know, they or they, they play oblivious, but in that video, she knew what her privilege was as a white woman, and what a white woman calling the phone and saying an African American." Is on to me what you that meant what, for his bro? life or in that situation. Talk to me. It might not even be that. I'm I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong, because I agree. Yeah. But it might, it could have also been, or it could more so have been, that she said mm-hmm. she may not have been aware of her privilege, but she may have been aware of the disadvantage that that he's at. He's yeah. at. Because two things can be true. Things, yeah. Two things yeah. can be true. He could it could have yeah. been both. So it's like it's like she doubled down on the entire situation and said, Well, I can't lose her. 
Yeah, ex- exactly. She literally said, I'm going to tell them there's an African-American male threatening my life. She yeah. knew what those words mean in America. She knew yeah. what that would mean for him. So the, the, yeah. for then, you, then you'll see, then you go on like Twitter and these white people will pre- pretend that white privilege or it's not real or African-American, they're not, like, they don't treat them like they, they think it's just a cry that we say, we complain, complain that these things aren't like really happening. It would have been like, it just, that's what they would think. But then you watch that video and then you're like, this is someone with like either the awareness of what you're saying, knowing that what the phone call would do to him as a black man at the disadvantages are, or for her as a white woman at the advantage that she's at. I always say there's two, like one of my fear is like, I got pulled into my manager's office once because some guy made a comment and the girl told their manager, my manager put me in the office, and I knew who the girl was, and it was like a white, it was a white girl. My fear constantly is to get into what he says, she says with a white woman. Constantly. Because yeah. I know I'm, I'm already at a disadvantage. You're, like, you're not winning. Man. Yeah. So the minute it's a, it's a he says, she says man. with a white woman, there's just, I, that, I, like the minute they repeated that comment, I was quick to say in that office, I was like, I did not make any derogatory comment. But fair play to my, my work colleague, he owned up to it. But I was like, I would hate to be in a he says she says with a white woman, especially living in a white in a white country. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it won't yeah. go well for me. The odds, so, the odds that, are not stacked in your favor. Yeah, and that's why watching that video was like intriguing because I was like, she knew what she, like there was no danger, there was nothing, nothing was happening. But she was so stupid. He had his phone out. Like, why are you still shouting? <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> but she, but like, it was just that's intriguing to see though. like. That's the extent to which, like, privilege knows no bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, no she just believes bro. that, like, even if it's on, even if it's on camera, they will take my side. Bro, that's fucked and, up. And it's the, but it's the same with the police officers. That officer knew it was getting recorded. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you need to start. Like, and the smart thing is. Both these incidents happened a week apart. Like Schultz literally made he has this Andrew Schultz check him out on Instagram, everybody. He has this skit that he does like every Saturday. We're not getting paid. Why would you shush? <laughs> no, so they can check out the fucking video I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Like, and those and those two incidences are like literally within the same week. One is on the fucking east coast of America, one is on the west coast of America. And you're just like that country. This protest, that's why the looting and the protest, there needs to be something done differently. The and looting the protest is, is, as well as the George Floyd case, is probably because yeah. in all of those states where, you know, black people live, there's probably been localized cases that we just haven't heard of. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's it. Like, I mean, that we, um, <laughs> I was I was telling that if I hang up, the whole recording will be dying. Nah, nah, nah. That's on my end. That's why I didn't want to be the one to hang up. But um. Oh, okay. But yeah, what I was saying, what I, what I wanted to say was like that's why um, like the protests over here, uh, uh, in yeah, they're in support of George Floyd, Floyd or Lloyd. Uh, Floyd. Floyd. Yeah. Um, they're in support of him. As well as the shit that's happened here. Like recently, we had a case over here where um, this black lady was working. 
during the peak of the pandemic and she got spat at by a guy that had the virus and she oh, went I on heard and died. About that. I heard so, about that, yes. She's lost her life now. British Transport Police have the footage. They're not releasing the footage and they're also no longer investigating the, the like, her murder. And it's like, Huh? Like what? 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 What, what is what? bottom line for what them? Like, that? well, how does it benefit? How does this benefit them? I don't know. Wow, man, oh, it makes you like I'm not anti-white, but this whole week it makes you tired of them. You know, I'm just like ah, man. Yeah, and then even in France as well, like the same thing in France because they have they. I think the case in France. I can't remember the gentleman's name. I'm sorry, but. I think the case in France happened a few years back or or a while back. Uh, but what got them going was that it was the same technique that the George Floyd guy uh, cop used. And okay, so that's kind of why riots started in France. But hey, the, it's the French. The French would riot if they were told that it was going to be funny. <laughs> and they, and know they, they know how to riot. They know how to. And, and then obviously, with all this racist talk, racism talk going on on the timeline, there's no racism. They said now they're trying to tell us there's no racism that exists in Ireland. <laughs> you haven't get any. Obviously, you did, but like, what's a mad racist thing story that happened to you in, in Ireland? Isn't it? Oh, it's just football mainly. Like I tweeted about it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Just football, and that that for me was football was the only time at where. Was the like was the first time where I actually realized I'm different to everyone else. Yeah. Because mm. when I was a child in school, I was naive. I didn't know. When I was in secondary school, it was just banter in it. Everyone just wanted to have banter. Yeah. And when you're on, when you're on, and you're black and blanche, the hundreds of black people. Yeah. Yeah, there was. I, I went to at the time my school was small, um, but there was oh, a okay. respectable enough. There was a it was a good amount of us there and then it was in a black area as well yeah like you said so it was black people were normalized to use that phrase yeah but when you go and play mm. ball in like you said in Kilbarrick in Irish town in Tala when you go Kilbarrick uh, Darndale during midweek Darndale away <laughs> During the midweek when they have all their friends outside, there is no you're going to war. You might as well go to Zero from Honestly, it's not funny, yeah. But if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Like because <laughs> like, I remember bro, like it was so Yeah, and you know what was funny? Because of the kind of person that I am, yeah. Yeah. I used to go into Michael Jordan mode and said, "Oh, you called me a nigga in the first half, yeah." I, I took it personal. Well, you can take that personal. Yeah, but I took it personally. <laughs> and like, okay, let me give you some examples of like the racism that I experienced, and then maybe we can see if it was similar to you. Um, uh, when you played ball. Um, so 
let me think, let me think, oh, let me think. Uh, right, so there was one game where we were playing, yeah, Irish Town. I remember Irish Town was mad. I've never, like, you know, inner city Dublin, inner city Dublin is crazy, bro. It's, it's a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no offense, but inner city Dublin is wild, like, it's very different to every other part. Of no offense to who, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> like, inner city Dublin is a bit like it's like the Van Leer, <laughs> so, yeah, so, that's mm. what it is, <laughs> like. It's the ghetto, like I don't even mean that. And so, so we went to play there. Obviously, being from Blanche, like we had like three black guys on the team. We're playing ball now, dominating the midfield because our midfield was black. <laughs> and you know the game is won and lost in the midfield, in it. So yeah. So obviously now we're dominating these dons. Actually, no, we went one nil down, and we were like. Oh shit! And the goal they scored was fluky, and they were like, "Ah, yeah, yeah, you black bastard, this, that, and the other," just jeering at us because um, because they scored. And I don't know why, but in that game, I just took it. I took that really. I was, I was, I was hurt by it. Like, and I'd never really been affected by race, but I also think because the goal they scored was so stupid, and like we were just playing shit, and we were one nil down in like the first three minutes. So maybe I was just looking for an excuse to be annoyed. So I went to my manager and I mm-hmm. told him what's going on. Michael oh, Jordan thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at half time now he's gone over to the ref and been like, yo, my players are being subject to this, that, and the other. You've got to tell them to like to to allow it, like, do you know what I mean? Just mm. and the ref was like, Oh well, I didn't hear anything, so do you know what I mean? What do you want me to do? Bruv, okay, but like we're not lying. <laughs> Like what the fuck? Yeah. So anyway, we just had to firm it and play the game, and I don't think we got a draw out of the game. Well, yeah, we didn't lose because we went unbeaten all season. Humble brag, but like, it was just, <laughs> it was just mad. Like, yeah. Well, well, I think when the first time you experienced it, you're like, "Wow, this, this, this goes on. Like, is, is this, this happens to people. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm different color. Then it, it's actually a mad feeling. Like. I've obviously I've had it on a football pitch. Like literally, I went to Mo Hoddard and some guy spat in my direction. He just missed. I was like, Jesus Christ! But that, that was one incident when the guy he spat and he says, "Black bastard." The, the, the one incident, like the biggest incident, is like outside of my family house. It was like at this time back in like Barbican is very black populated now. But back then was were like we moved. I've been Barbican fifteen years now, so it's like this was back then barely any people around any black people around so outside our wall like we had a wall outside of our house they spray painted niggers out in front of our wall and i think about it i was like that's mad like say like say you like say you're managing arsenal or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) well on the football page it's just we're playing kilbarak at home on a sunday so this was even a calm day we're playing kilbarak and I, i don't know why i was like just getting the better of their defenders so they started talking they started talking and um it was getting to me and i was saying it to the ref the ref was like just keep playing and i so then i i scored in it and i shouted at your man and the ref and the ref pulled me over and he's like i said they're richly abusing me and your man says i know i hear it but you need to control your emotions and in that moment you feel like you're the one in the wrong 
because mm-hmm. you you're the one that needs to keep your emotions in in check whereas they can say whatever they want but it's your responsibility to to keep your emotions in check because they're not being punished for saying anything you know like not a mm-hmm. booking no red card but you know if i don't keep my emotions in check like my manager had to pull me off before half time because i scored two by half time so it's like two nails with humble bragging it so pull me off before <laughs> half time just just to keep my emotions in check but at that moment i was like you obviously think you're the one in the wrong and you should behave better and you should know better and you shouldn't react to it but now you're just like i was saying to my brother I was like do you know what if my kids like get racially abused i'll ask them to punch the person fuck it first time punch it so nobody else will say it again yeah, <laughs> don't make yeah i hear that like, I, 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 on my team like we had a balance between people who were affected by it and people who weren't and yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. Like, because like and it's it's not even that let me not even say oh well the, the two of us who weren't really that affected by it had thick skin or whatever and the other guy just wore his his emotions on the sleeve no it's just when you think about it like hearing that it's piercing like it hurts like yeah it should hurt it's abuse yeah. like of course it hurts mm. you know i mean and there's only the amount of abuse that some people can take is not a lot so yeah and that's true because i say it too like i'll share those stories about how it used to happen on the football pitch and like to like people at work or whatever and some of them would be like generally shocked you're subjected to it but then i was like i was like i said young teenage boys would just say it just to get at you to get a competitive advantage to put you off your game it was just more ignorance and stupidity than like of course it was racism but on the football pitch they just like i will say since i stopped playing football i've experienced it in the obvious less and less the older i got like through college and work and all of that i don't experience yeah, it to my face in my to, face as yeah, much you also, but you also have to account for like the normalization of black people in Ireland. <laughs> so, yeah, over as the older I got as well. Time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of like <laughs> so. But the thing that's kind of like on the racism topic. I hope George, the George Floyd, there is justice because I would hate to see their implication of like a verdict where he's not convicted of anything. As bad yeah. as like this was, I feel it was somewhat necessary. I'm not. I'm not up for like looting small businesses, but like Target, Walmart, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll they can, they can get it. <laughs> they'll sure. bounce back. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll bounce back. And obviously, we've all like, like for people then to tell us racism doesn't exist in the places we've lived. It's clearly not true. We've experienced it firsthand. It's just because it's not a reality for a lot of people that they don't then acknowledge that it exists. They live in their privilege. The other thing I wanted to speak on is like all these protests that's happened this week. What do you think that's going to do in terms of the virus? Because in Ireland, for example, we've had days now, I don't think we've had days of like 50 cases we, over the last week, and it's like usually more than 10 deaths consistently. Consistently, So the curve here, anyways, I don't know about you guys in the UK, is flattened. But now with the protest and everybody, literally thousands of people gathering, I was at Phoenix Park myself. Everybody seemed to have been out of Phoenix Park. So this weekend, how do you do? You think it'll have any implication, if any, in terms of like the virus and the shutdown and further lockdowns going forward? I think two things. One, people being outside anyway. So, like, what difference does it make? I mean, people have been going to the beach and shit. Like, so yeah, there's that. That's, and then, can I just stop you there? People have been yeah. going to the beach. Two seconds. People have been going to the beach and that. Yeah, 
and nobody has said anything about the fuck. No, not, not a lot of people have not had the same energy as they had the protest from George Floyd. When it's a protest from oh a black God. man, all these people all of a sudden were like social distance warriors. When it was people going to the beach in Brighton, I didn't see this much vim about it. I'm just just saying. Anyways, go on. I don't, yeah, I know. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> well, um, and then the second thing is, uh, yeah, just I can't remember what I was listening to, but like. I don't think it will have that much of an impact on cases, right? Like rising, because like the worst place for you to be right now is indoors with a load of people because you're using recycled mm. air. But mm. if you're outdoors, the wind does its job and blows. Like it's an airborne, it's an airborne virus, right? So the wind will do its job and blow mm. the virus away, which is actually kind of what we're hoping will happen anyway. So. Um, so yeah, it's, and that's kind of that's the issue with travel isn't your safety, like for argument's sake. Like the issue with travel isn't your safety when you get to your destination. You 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 face the same level of risk abroad as you do like being outside abroad as you do being inside, being at home. Mm. Mm. I'm talking shit. You face the same level of risk outdoors abroad as you do outdoors at home. Yes, eventually the risk with traveling is being in a plane and using the recycled air of people who haven't been tested for like an hour or an hour and a half or two hours that's where the risk comes in traveling so and then you've also got to deal with the fact that you're using recycled air from like all the other hundreds of people that were in that same plane the day before (laughs) so that's kind of so yeah i like being outdoors at the moment, it's not really that much. Being outdoors for a long, for like a mad long period of time, isn't that risk. Obviously, it's not advised, but I don't think it would have as big of a, you know, why people just like to make noise. Yeah, that's, I, I kind of like, my take is like the next two weeks, if the cases remain low and we've just literally, we've had thousands gathering outside, we were at, like not a place to open everything again, but like we're at a good. It would indicate it would be a good indicator to say that like okay, we're at a good place. Either the virus isn't as potent as it was in the when like initially when this started, or the herd immunity, the people that could have gotten it and the majority of the people that could have gotten it and passed away have been really ill. Maybe we're past that because mm-hmm. that's what Sweden did. Sweden decided to take their hit early. And then the curve flattened, whereas other countries are taking that same hit over a longer period of time. So if this weekend between the UK and Ireland, if it's pre- pretty much the same, I would say we're at the place where Sweden are now, where majority of the people who are at risk or are high risk of it would have gotten it and passed. But it's it was kind of like being a Phoenix Park, it was kind of nice seeing a resemblance of normality again for the first time. Like in age that's the first time i've been into like in the city center in any capacity so that just so it was kind of nice and weird at the same time because being in lockdown and isolated and going to work and lighting up before going to the shops it's just like to just see some normality of people out with cans and chilling and enjoying themselves like it was kind of nice to see the world resume to normality but mm. which means that like also sports is about to come back Actually, sports has been back. The Bundesliga. <laughs> You've been watching, no? Mate, I watched about five minutes of that, and I just had to turn it off. 
I, I haven't even watched a, like a single. Like me, I was crying for sports to come back. I realized I just want the NBA to come back. Hey, I'm so done with football. <laughs> I don't, I don't see the benefit of, of unless it's Champions League or like Euros or World Cup. I might World actually, Cup, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, feel like I, no, I, I feel it because it's just it's 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 like league campaigns are too long, bro. It's boring. <laughs> the sport is not like football as a sport is not entertaining enough for me to actually yeah, show what up happened? Every Saturday and like nah, man, it's boring. What happened though? What happened to our to our, our psyche that football all of a sudden just something must have happened to our psyche. Is it just because we have YouTube now and the content on ESPN and how do we digest that and how we pick and choose kind of... I don't know. Something happened because football used to be... No, by honestly, I, just, I just think, like I said, I like... Um, you, you have to account for the fact that the Premier League is now similar to Germany and France in that you've got two teams who blow everyone out of the water. Yeah. And it becomes a yeah. Liverpool versus City. So they're really the only two games that are worth watching. And then you've got the other top four teams who are, sorry, the other old top four teams who are now top, part of the top six who are just dead. And then, like, mm. it's just not, it's not, it's like, you, you don't show up on Saturdays. There, there's no team of the, like, big teams that you say, I'm going to watch, I'm going to follow their campaign because... Like, well, if if Liverpool lose this week and City win, it's a one-point difference or something like that. There's, there's yeah. none of that. And then there's also, like, I don't want to watch United play dead football and miss out on the opportunity of top four. Like, it's just, it's, it's just poor. This quality is just poor. But when it's Champions League yeah, and Euros... And the World Cup, even if the quality is poor, at some point there's gonna to have to be a stop because it then it becomes a knockout competition, and that's when you really start to see yeah. teams taking risk and excitement and all that. So I might just be done with league football, maybe not knockout. I, I might just stick to knockout football, but league football, I mean, it's a bit dead, bro. Yeah, it, it's it's because of that because you and I especially we grew up with watching our team be so like we always talk about it we say we'll probably never see our teams be that good for long we watched our team be so fucking elite and then to just watch them now it's just painful it's like to follow to follow them for 38 games I don't know about you like if I was if Lampard wasn't the manager there is no way I'm watching more than five Chelsea games this season just like the quality of the team that I support, I don't know how people like Liverpool fans kept up watching Liverpool for the last 30 years. I, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Before, but, before you know, club. But, but, but what, what I think it was, maybe they weren't, maybe they would keep an eye on their Liverpool result, but the league was more competitive. So if you didn't want to watch Liverpool, you would watch, or you would watch Arsenal and City. That used to be a good game. Yeah. You would watch, yeah. you would watch Chelsea, Liverpool. Because that's always a good game. But now, you know what, and football now, it's so systematic that it's taken the raw genius out of the game. So you just have all of these system players and you have very mm-hmm. few very few players on a pitch at 
anyone at any one time playing off of instinct. And the best, but like uh, now when you like, we'll be texting and you'll be like, oh, they're about to score here. Oh, they scored. Yeah. You can see it coming from this guy is out of his position and these guys are playing like a 4 3 3 and they're currently like, it's just, it's, you just see it coming and it's, it's too systematic. There's no, no, there's no, there's not really that many managers who are, who are playing pragmatic football. And pragmatism yeah, and I think that's why is where the is fucking Atletico get. Liverpool game put me off. Like, right, that was exciting though. That's what I mean. It put me off in the terms of like, you think like my brain is like, oh, obviously Liverpool are gonna win. There's no way Atletico win this game. They had like twenty percent possession, and they scored three goals. It was very yeah. systematic, and like nine times out of like, I don't know till now how Atletico won on the night. They were getting battered, <laughs> and because football is so systematic. Usually, the team that's be, that's that's battering with the more like they win. But back then, like Mourinho would let you have possession, would let Arsenal have possession. Fucking Fergie would let you have possession and pack Rooney and Ronaldo the other side two goals, bang bang, you're done. Yeah. So you're there was a bit of excitement. But but now, if you just watch, if you watch, say you hold on to the ball, it's it's all she wrote. It's, it's boring. <laughs> it's all she wrote. It's just uh, yeah. I think because maybe we were spot like I I can't I used to watch games that like say for example Spurs Everton was an interesting game for some reason like Moises 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 Everton with like Pinar and Tim Cahill they would give anybody a game versus like mm. that Spurs team I'm like that's a decent game now if you watch like say for example Leicester Spurs which should be a decent game because they're like teams of like the same quality on pit, yeah. like in the table now I'm just like mm, nah <laughs> I can't so I can't be it. and it's just system. Everything is yeah. system. It's, it's, it's and like, that's why Mourinho has fallen behind. There's no system, no idea. <laughs> yeah, but, if that's what football is and you have no system, no idea, that means you're behind what football is. Yeah, you you got to be willing to adapt. That was what made Fergie so good. Yeah. So he was able to adapt to the time. So when he needed to play ball, he could play ball. But when it was pragmatism time, he could play pragmatism. So... Yeah, you just got doubts, man. But yes, uh, uh, moving on to like sports that are actually good. Obviously, the NBA is coming back. I am. Let's go. I am very, 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 very excited because I, I, I just, I, I think I, I appreciate, I appreciate the athleticism, and I appreciate the talent that some of these guys have. I read, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I get it now. I get why it's such a big deal now. I get it. Yeah, it's really. Blown. The NBA has really blown over the last five years. Like it's, yeah. I guess if you have Instagram and you follow Bleacher Report, there is no way you can miss it. Mm. There is just no way. It's just over the last five. I don't know if Bleacher Report was run five years ago, whatever it was, but it's just getting so much coverage on like every platform, and it's just really blown. So the, before we get into it, did you watch? Obviously, you watched the Last Dance, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. All ten, like, what was your like take home point on the whole ten episodes? You know, like, the whole what? Se- it's very interesting that we haven't that this for me. It was interesting that it came out when it did because I just started working with a performance psychologist. Yeah, and um, so after the episodes become, we always we always have our sessions on Tuesdays. So the episodes would come out on Monday. I'd watch the episodes. I'd watch them out of interest, not so we could have the discussion in our sessions, but um, 
but every now and again it would come up and for me what i took from it it was it was it was episode 10 where mm. the last episode where they were talking about um i can't remember who was talking about him but do you remember when so there was the scene where michael was just listening to music and then he comes off the bus and there's like a bunch of reporters asking him questions and he's like yes no maybe i don't know whatever he said kind of thing so as mm. as that's playing someone in the background is talking about his ability to just be present and saying that look yeah I don't, why would i worry about um a shot that happened yet you know what i mean and what was interesting for me is that my um performance psychologist has been working on getting me to just be present don't worry about what's happened in the past don't stress yeah. over the future because you can't control it just deal mm. with what's just deal with what's in front of you right now don't and just on every single play just allow your like talent to take over so yeah for me when i heard that i was like oh that's really mad because i'm seeing things that my psychologist is talking about and i'm seeing like clearly the greatest ever basketball player basically yeah. adopt the same technique so it was that that for me that's what i took from it like what did you take from it what what or what kind of what was it that like you you enjoyed most about it on that just before on that point that you say your man says his best ability was to be uh, in the moment but like yeah. and then obviously the, the andrew and all them were saying well he could run well he was built like an athlete he could shoot well he had to like to narrow it down to like that was his best ability like that was the thing that made him special he yeah. had so like there were so many just even just physically he looked like he was built to play uh, the, the sport but what i took away from it really is just the like i think i was texting you like you watch it and you get like maybe this is the film the how it's filmed or the director there's just the aura of greatness the self-confidence and the self-belief and the will. It just, you just watch this guy, you're like, you're just convinced, you're like, clearly this is the best guy to ever play any sport at any level. And, you know, you know, and it's interesting. That's sure confidence, that's it, the sure will. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's, that, that's another thing that I, and I forgot about that because I remember saying to myself, this guy does not doubt himself. It's unbelievable. Like I've dude, never that, seen. They ask him who takes the last shot on the dream team. He says, obviously. It's 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 like, it's it's not. It's not the confidence that, um, that like left an imprint on me. It wasn't that because yeah, all you have to like, you ain't got to do much to feel confident. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's the lack of mm. doubt. Now, mm. like this guy, ha- like has no doubt about himself. Even if, like, even when and, they were, and even when he didn't have evidence to suggest that he yeah. was gonna win or like that the Bulls organization were gonna do well, he still had no doubt that well, I'm here, so like, we're gonna win. As as long he just felt as long as Michael Jordan was here, it would be fine. Like <laughs> that is the confidence he had in himself, and that kind of stuck with me. But the other thing was like his upbringing, 
kind of stayed with me as well because even to take that night, now he has like the biggest shoe deal in the world. But even yeah. at his big age of Michael Jordan, only took that deal because his mom sent him. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, and that that says that would say that his upbringing was important and his relationship with his dad because his mentality, obviously, I I was saying this to everybody. I'm saying if Michael Jordan grew up in a broken home or a cracked home or he didn't have a good upbringing, with his mind and mentality and work ethic, he could apply that to like drug dealing or killing. Do you know, like, because he would kill people but on the basketball court. I'm not saying he would have been a killer. I'm just saying that like because he had such a good. <laughs> I'm saying the guy is is a, like he's a psychopath. He's not psychopath, but it's definitely something in his brain is different, and yeah. that would have been his brain regardless. Like that's just choose who he is. But because of the upbringing he has, he was able to channel that in sports or sports, in yeah. basketball or in baseball. He, he could do that because he wanted to please his dad or whatever. Mm. If I could just imagine if you put that same mind in like. Compton or broken home. If you put that same mind and will and determination, and he has no, he has nothing but the streets to channel it into. He could be a very fucked up person. Cause you look at him sometimes, and some of the things he's saying to make up stories to find motivation. You're just like, clearly you, you're you're unhinged in your brain somewhere. Like he, the guy didn't see you. Something was like, this guy is mad. Everything and anything was personal to him. He had to create situation. He, any. I don't, I don't, maybe I'm just being triggered that you're saying it's mad because I, I get like that sometimes as well. Because let, yeah, let like me what? give you an example, like, let me give you an example. So, like, on the five aside football that we play, uh, that I play on Mondays, yeah, we started keeping okay. stats. So, the guy that organizes ball and his, it's the people that I play football with all work for the same firm. And I get to play because my oldest friend works at that firm and sometimes they need numbers. Uh, but now I'm basically like, I'm a regular. So the guy that mm-hmm. organizes it and his colleague, they keep stats on in order to pick the team so that the teams are not fair. And they try and, so, so sorry, so that the teams are fair and the game is balanced. They basically keep stats on everybody, like fitness, attacking, defending, goalkeeping, uh, skill, passing, shooting, like, they kind of basically said, look at all the 12 people who normally show up, let's try and give them a grade type of thing, yeah? So when they first released mm-hmm. the stats, fam, I was fuming! I was fuming! I was like, alright, passing stats, calm, that, that makes sense, obviously, it was out of 20. My passing was an 18. That makes sense. Uh, my fitness was a 10. I was like, I, I can allow that. My attacking was like, my attacking was a 12 block. I was like, what? Nah, have to, man, what the fuck? So, initially, I responded to email saying, these stats are egregious. Like, what's going on? Hey, you got to change the, you, you're telling me that this guy is better than me at attacking or this guy is better than me at defending. Like, it doesn't make sense. No response. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. No big deal, in it? So the brother that does the stats has walked in now. I'm not, I'm not in the mood to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You think I'm shit, in it? All right, cool. Mate, I've not lost the game since those stats have come out. 
because I have to prove to that brother that his his the grade that he gave me was wrong and he's a but dickhead. See, but see, that's being competitive. When you start making up shit and you start saying someone didn't wave to me at a dinner or this okay, guy told me good actually, game, yeah, Mike. I guess, yeah, I guess <laughs> like, that is actually there's a, a difference bit, between like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's a, a difference, difference between, between comp- competitive. Yeah. There's a difference yeah, between... Yeah, and wanting to prove you're good. But nobody yeah, called, nobody yeah, called yeah. Jordan shit. Nobody talk, yeah, it just, yeah, the yeah. fact that... The fact that he would then... And I get it. Basketball became too easy for Michael Jordan that he had to find motivation for somewhere. Imagine that, though. Imagine yeah. something to become so... Like, imagine... The, <laughs> the sport was actually, like, so easy. He's like, I can just win any... Like, I, I need to find things to motivate myself. And I, and I understand that, like, we all get like that. If someone called me, like, oh, shit, I want to prove myself as well. But then to get to the level that like he was at, that even if you say hi, literally I saw a tweet. They said nobody, no nobody at all, absolutely nobody ever. Michael Jordan. So I took it personal. <laughs> it got to a stage where <laughs> at the beginning it was cute. It was like, oh, he's such a killer. He's such a demon. Oh, you can't even fuck with this guy. And then it, oh, then he's it a iron, like. Yeah, after a while you're like, Jesus Christ, your mind. But that's how his like his mind operated. He needed little like nuggets of motivation. And that's mm. why he. But what I also wanted to ask you is, do you think then the cost that would they say the cost of winning is like is he soured many relationships, many of his teammates who don't like him. He was a tyrant and a bully at work. Like literally, he fought with his teammates. Scott Burrell, he was he, he wanted Scott Burrell to fight him every single day. Do you think? Do you agree with his approach? And because it worked, but do you agree with it? Hmm. Because it, it worked, like, like because then some they said you could play like the Warriors who look like they have fun and they've won three out of five and won to five straight finals, or you could play with Jordan who went to when he was fit and had full seasons, they went to six straight and won six straights. Do you want to win three and go to five but enjoy yourself, or do you never want to lose a final but at the same time come to work every day if you're not like Jordan or Scotty, like say you're like Scoparell or whatever? Because his teammates said some of them were scared. Or do you want to come... Or do, like, What did you think of that method? Because there's two, more than one way to skin a cat. But I don't know. What did you think of the way Jordan approached everything? It was interesting for me because... I, I, I kind of subscribe to the Michael Jordan school of thought with regards to that. Mm. So, like, I've often... I think maybe we, I think we even had a discussion about this in the group chat and I messaged a couple of months back. I think Dial was saying something like, do you remember he was saying something like, should you neglect like relationships for? Oh yeah. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was saying that I've in the past have, like I don't have that many this is going to sound so fucking bait, but I don't have that many friends because I just did not allocate time or energy towards building relationships because I'm trying to, I was trying to do shit, but you get me? So that was kind of like my innate sort of, no, I don't have time for friends. Friends are distractions. Friends want to do things. I don't want to do things apart from like, Friends want to do things. Friends want to do, yeah, if you have me. But as I've gotten like, 
but as I've gone older and I've had like a tiny bit of success and now I'm like hang on a sec I've also grown up with people and seen people same age as me who were also doing similar things to me and they have all the fun in the world so it's like mm-hmm. it's maybe possible it's it's definitely possible maybe let me mm-hmm. let me give it a go and see what it's like so I'm trying to do like I'm trying to do the other side like the Steve Kerr side and see if I if I enjoy it and I don't know I'll report back um but I can understand it's not for everybody no of course like they even say it that's all it is it's just not for everybody everybody would like in as much as me you and I are really great friends I, I certainly think you would you would you would enjoy the Steve Kerr side a little bit more 100 percent more I would, I would, I would hate to be in that environment where everything is fun and chatty. And that doesn't <laughs> well, make sense you, to me. Well, if it's fun, like the Steve Kerr, it's still winning. Do you know what I mean? It's not like if I won three, I went to five straight, and I had fun doing it. As a type, I'll be like, ah, grand. But apart from like, you know what it is? What is it? Some people are just so used to adversity that. If everything is easy, handy dandy, it's yeah. uncomfortable. Mm. That's what it is. That, that, you say that, and it's funny. You say you funny you say that because there's a UFC fight. It was on Joe Rogan, Max Holloway. He said the exact same thing. He says coming up to fight week, if everything is going too well, he has to f- create the chaos himself because he gets yeah. worried that it's going too well in, in fight week. He says he hates. And Joe Rogan is like. And he's, t- he's telling Joe, he's like, do you not think that's weird when things are going too well? Do you, do you not just want to create chaos for it to stop going? And Joe's like, no. And he's like, oh, right, that, that is just me. But So it's not like weird that you say this because Max Holloway is like, he was a world champion at in the UFC. So yeah, he needs that's a bit of adversity. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, some people are just so used to thriving under pressure and adversity that when that pressure is not there, when there's, when there's, when that adversity is not there, it's like, what 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 the hell is it's it's the same they're the same sort of people that struggle to take breaks and struggle to take that I find it that's why I haven't really traveled that much because I find it hard to be like well I'm not gonna work for like a week I'm just gonna go on holiday it's like wait what, what huh like that, that it's so that it's and and that's just not for everyone like well no, no, You've gone and seen you've gone and seen fuck you've gone and seen the world like that's why the other day when you and I when I was asking you, and I said to you, driving around America must have been elite. Like, yeah. I wouldn't, I, like, I, that's just something that wouldn't be on the cards for me until I'm about, like, 28. Not because I can't, I can, but it's just, yeah, like, no, yeah. I don't, like, so I don't know if I want to have fun just yet. And that's, like, that. I sound broken, and that, like, is 100% <laughs> wrong. But some people are just like that, you know what I mean? No, no, I I fully understand because when obviously when I was listening to it on Flagrant and they're saying the Jordan method worked, but I'm like, yeah, well, because you look at then you say Jordan now, when that pressure and everything is gone, I don't know. People say, oh, he looks sad, his eyes are always yellow, he missed like I don't know. I I like to tell to make a whole fucking judgment on what someone's happiness is based on like looking at them. That's I think that's ridiculous. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I was just like when I listen to his teammates talk. When I listen, it's like only Scotty Pippen he respected. When I listen to his teammates talk, and his teammates were like, "It isn't for everybody." And going to work every like you're right. We go if I go to work every day under that constant 
scrutiny or someone talking to you like oh, like like Steve Kerr literally had to fight him. <laughs> I was like, if I go to work every day, that's the, and that's the vibes at work. I'm not enjoying it. Six, three championships in a row, six championships, calm. But but if you, if I go to work and I'm shooting trees with Steph, I'm Clay. Steph is shooting trees. They're guiding them. They give me one. I put it up. I have three rings. Bro, right. Steve Kerr, yeah. We need to we need to respect Steve Kerr, you know. <laughs> As a player. Because Steve Kerr, like, obviously was part of the of the Bulls winning team. Yeah. But he also went on to win championships at like Spurs at the Spurs as well. Like I didn't know, I didn't know this. And that's the I thing. Didn't, I didn't know he was a serial winner. And he's won three championships as a coach. But that's Bro. the thing. Look look at Steve Steve Kerr is a perfect example to look at. He played with Jordan. He played in that high, that that very high pressure regime, tyrant bully. Then he went to play with Popovich, which is also a very military based kind of environment. And when he had his own team, he made it a nah. fun environment. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like Steve Kerr is like the one man that could probably talk about this the best, which which is the best method. The Jordan, he played with Jordan, he played with Pop, and then when he became a coach, he his team hasn't looked like they've adopted either mentality. They move yeah. the ball, they jack up trees, they create the space. And they still win. Don't you so, have to have players in the team who are like that, though? Yes, Stephen Clay. Yeah, who can still win while have fun. No, but but I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, players who, like, if the dominant player in the team was one who was very militant, yeah, then wouldn't the vibes have to be militant anyway? It's- Especially in the NBA, I guess. Yeah, in the NBA, yes. Well, that's because the vibe that the Spurs is what Pop sets it. Pop is probably the only organization where the players doesn't set the vibe. Yeah. It's the it's the coach and coach. It will Pop is very militant. At the Bulls, you kind of go you kind of go as far as Jordan goes. With the yeah. Warriors, I don't know because they were ringless until he got there. But maybe he understood because maybe because he was never the main guy. Obviously, I don't know about Steve Kerr. He was never the main guy in any team. He understood that. The vibes of the team has to be what the most important piece of the franchise is in terms of Pop, Jordan, Steph. Do you know what I mean? And he understands that. And he also had, you know, arguably two of the greatest three-point shooters in, of, of all time in yeah, Steph Curry so. and Clay Thompson. <laughs> so we'll see. I guess we'll see in this, we'll see in this next job. But the other question I want to ask about the fucking documentary is Scotty Pippen. <laughs> he didn't come, like, Jordan was very complimentary to him. But by the end of the doc, the, the documentary, he looked like he didn't come off looking the best. He looked like he he walked off on his team when they told Kuko to take the shot, and also in the very last game they made him look like oh he was injured, he was walking off all the time, he wasn't coming on. If you're Scotty and you're watching that documentary, because do you think it did him a disservice? Hmm. Uh... I mean, I think the documentary was just honest. Honest from Jordan's perspective, though. Because there's players that have came out after. Because even in the documentary, Jordan said he never not wanted Isaiah Thomas not on the team, on the dream team. Then there's a there's a fucking audio from years ago where he said that him and Chuck Daly, who's the dream team's head coach, both agree not to have Isaiah Thomas. Horace Grant yeah. came out and spoke about it. But this is, this is the, it's the Jordan documentary. It's not a bulls doc. It was supposed to be a bull stock. Nah, come on, bro. Jordan, no, was no, the no. One who's, Jordan was the one who said uh, when it gets released. 
Yeah, and do, do you hear that he only wanted it to re- get released after LeBron came back and threw one down? Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> Can you blame him? <laughs> well, like, <laughs> no, I can't blame him. But do you, do you really think like that was going to threaten his legacy? Well, I guess, yeah, with the age that we live in, you can revise history it's really the only thing he It's the only thing he can do to... He can't, he can't go and play more games. Yeah, yeah. That's all he can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens now if LeBron wins two more chips? Because people are saying this it's documentary out of his hands. If, then, if people yeah. are saying this documentary solidifies the goats, I am telling you, in a year or two, especially that all that's happened this year, if LeBron wins like two more chips two years from now, people are gonna be like, yeah, that's a goat. Clearly, then forget about this drunk doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's you know what's like microwave generation <laughs> and that. That's fucking mad. Well, that was good, doc. And the NBA comes back. Who do you who do you reckon wins it? Honestly, it's 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 a, it's hard to tell now because um, everybody has the advantage of like basically like players who, who were injured are now available for selection. It's like similar in football, like now like the top four races. Yeah, Pogba and Rashford are back. Kane and Son are back. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's like I, you can't even say who gets top four, but and it's I think it's the same in NBA. But you would like to think that you know just. What 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 you what you thought was gonna happen before lockdown would continue. To, uh, you'd like to think there'd be no surprises, basically. And you yeah, see, I I really want a Lakers W, a Lakers chip because well well yeah because I want LeBron to win. Yeah, I yeah. I, I try I try to I I try to be like Lakers. Hamza Hamza will die. Hamza would die if LeBron was another ring. <laughs> just, just what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it just won't come. What um, The only other NBA thing I wanted to talk about, I think we touched on it. Um, we touched on it uh, ourselves, like briefly, a while back. Was um. So, when you look at the data, the data suggests yeah. that. In order for you to win yeah. a championship, like you need two or three elite level players in their prime. Mm-hmm. There's never been anybody who's won championships um, like by carrying their team, right? Uh, so, I would say, the, like, yeah. the, 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 I don't suggest, like, the outlier will probably be Dirk Nowitzki in 2011. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Outlier. Right. Yeah. Don't you think that LeBron has, as much as he's tried to win, like, he's, mm-hmm. he's you know, he, he hasn't taken max deals, he's, you know, don't you feel like he's gone about trying to win the wrong way because ultimately like I know we tried to do a thing with Kyrie um, but and Kyrie wanted to leave Cam mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when LeBron went Miami and he had mm-hmm. Bosch, he had um, Dwayne Wade he had Ray Allen for a bit like 
that's four elite level guys like and they had they didn't have a, 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 a dynasty but they had you know they had a period of success yeah LeBron yeah they went to four straight one two LeBron at Cleveland now yeah mm-hmm. do, do you think he got I know they went to the heat like what he went to eight straight finals mm-hmm. and only won one mm-hmm. no he won it, in the eighth straight he won three and the straight he won three, so yeah, which is actually pretty yeah. good. But don't you feel like his time at the Cavs just wasn't as productive as it could have been because he just didn't maximize like their winning strategy? Whereas where where when you look at like the Warriors for argument's sake, the yeah. Warriors period of like the dominance period had multiple elite level players. That's just how you win multiple championships in the NBA, like. Uh, yeah, I. I will push back on that. Like, if we're talking about the time in like, Cleveland, the 2011 final is the one, like the, the final that LeBron won 100%. Like, I, he, he should have won that one. They were 2-1 up. He had Wade and Bosch, and he, he's the one that choked in 2011. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. lost three straight, and they lost 4-2. Yeah. Then, 2013, 2012-2013, he won both. 2014, the Spurs also, they had Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard, like... So he didn't, and this was when D Wade was always injured and D Wade was on the decline. And you had the so likes of, and you had Ginobili, Parker, all of they were they weren't in their prime, right. but they were like. But they're still really good. So like having yeah. yeah, they they won like sixty five games that year, and they just lost the year before when Ray Allen hit that shot in Game Six. So they came yeah. back on a warpath. So in that final. I'm not saying, like, it could have went either way, but the Spurs are definitely better than Miami, and that's up to LeBron to figure it out. So, but 2011 is the one final, I'm like, for sure. In 2015, the, what you're saying elite players, he had Kevin Love and Kyrie. They both went down in the playoffs. So before he got to the final, when he got to the finals, he did not have uh, Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving. He was playing with Matthew Del Vadova, who nobody but knows. Even, as a second even, even, but, like, I'm talking about Elite level players because Kevin Love is a glorified role player. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest. If you're trying to win championships, Kevin Love is not a guy on 25 million dollars a year. That doesn't make he won one with Kevin, he won one with Kevin Love. Yeah, I know, but like, obviously, if Kevin Love's gonna play his fucking role, like, he's good at his job, like, but like, mm. go and go, go and like, look at the I don't want to say the Warriors trio, but the Warriors trio before KD came was Steph, Clay, and um, Draymond. That's an elite level three. Uh, Draymond is not. Draymond is elite because of the other two. Draymond is not like no. Kevin Love. What? No, Draymond is elite. Draymond is not elite on his own. Kevin Love was averaging twenty five points in Minnesota. Draymond, you saw Draymond Green this year without them. Fucking no, no, okay, no, okay, 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 okay. In order for okay, maybe, maybe the way you said it was harsh towards Draymond, right? In order, in order, in order for you to see Draymond's genius, he needs elite level players around him. Yeah, Dali Ali, he's good yeah. with the team. <laughs> yeah, basically, but you keep him because. The IQ is so high. Like, I've seen if Draymond. I've seen Dray. Like, he said it himself. Didn't he say he's the best screen setter in 
NBA history. He said that on um, all the smoke podcasts. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I've seen some of the screens that this guy is, has set, and I'm like, this guy has high IQ, and there's yeah. I've, I, I don't really see that from anyone else in the league. But Dr- Draymond's a player. Like, if you even, <laughs> I don't want to diss Draymond. Some like Draymond is that piece that if you could replace him with, I can't think of a name on top of my head right now. He's, Draymond's like the equivalent of what Patrick Beverly is for the fucking Clippers. You're good because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are there. If you're there on your own, you, no, nobody cares. They're like, not going to build a team around him, but he's, yeah, he's not going to. But he's yeah. good at what he does in in what he does. I, I okay, yeah, okay, fair enough. So the the point is, LeBron shouldn't have used the Kev, money to get Kevin Love and you can, Kyrie. Yeah. You, you can if, look at what Kevin Love did. Pop out threes, basically. Maybe played a bit of defense. Yeah, but. Mm. Why are you like the the guy made All Star for basically being a Steve Kerr? That's a waste of money. <laughs> well, you have to understand. Do you know how the NBA works? You give them money based on their value. Before he came to Cleveland, he was averaging twenty like twenty points yeah, a Minnesota. Yeah. So he was averaging twenty points a Minnesota. He was an All Star before, like he came to Cleveland. So you paid yeah, him fair market value, um, innit? You paid him fair market value to come and play Steve Kerr role. Like, what the fuck? Like, but that's that's how the market works. That's like Andre Godala was on a podcast. Like, maybe, I don't know what podcast it was, but he was averaging nineteen point six going into the last game of this, the regular season, and his agent told him, "If you score thirty six points in this game, your average will go up to twenty, and I can get you more money." Yeah. But he was from nineteen point six to twenty point zero zero point four. Yeah. Of a difference, but because your average then is 20, they, so he said he went out trying to get to 20 points to get to 36 points or whatever. He got like 32 or something, but he tried to get it because they could get more money. So I understand what you're saying, mate. Kevin Love, even Flagrant would say this. I say the likes of Kevin Love, Kyrie, or whatever, they're not max players, but you just have to play them accordingly if you want them to come to your team, right? Now, hold that thought there, yes, yeah. Westbrook. At OKC, yeah. Remember, they, it was one year they made the finals. I can't remember what year. Um, 2012, yes. Right. So, sorry, I just got a text. Why would you ask me what's for dinner when you told me what's for dinner? You know what's for dinner. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, so, yeah. Kevin Lowe was averaging 26 points before he came. Oh, mad. I didn't realize it was that high, but I just think it's a, like, Mate, didn't they know what they were going to use him for before he came? Like, I know uh, what you're going to use him for, but like, you see like... how the NBA works in incentives. If this player averages certain amounts of points and he makes an NBA an, an all star, an all NBA team, he's an all star. Then in his market, you know, it's your incentive. Like, yeah, you know how people qualify for a max deal based on your incentives. Yeah, he's yeah, met yeah. those criteria, so if you want them, you have to pay him. Mad though. Like, yeah, but the point I really wanted to bring up was OKC that yeah. year when they so they lost the finals. Did they did they did they get swept? No, they lost four one gentlemen sweep. Right. They yeah, 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 you know. Um, how on earth 
did OKC not manage to keep Harden, KD, and Ross together? They would have put up a solid fight against early stage Warriors, against LeBron and the Cavs, and maybe like against that agent Spurs team. I don't understand that. I don't. I don't understand. It's, and they also the the thing is they also had Serge Ibaka. And, and they, they had Ibaka as well. They also had a. They also had a big to protect the rim. But the way the NBA cuts the cap works, there's no way you could have kept all of them. They probably could have given away Ibaka because they had, they had, Serge Ibaka was there as well. So it was KD, Ibaka, Ross, and Harden. But I told you, you they were. Think, they didn't want to give... You don't think... After tasting the finals, that some of, like, maybe Harden or KD maybe would have given up max money to stay together and try and win. Because you see, the funny thing about all those three guys here, they don't, like, when you look at their careers versus what it should have been, and then you look at their career earnings, yeah, they've earned mad money. At one point in time, Harden had the highest NBA um, salary contract ever. And I think he replaced yeah. Westbrook. So Westbrook had the highest um, contract. And then Harden's new Supermax at Houston took over as number one, right? Mm. Like, they've all made moves that have basically said, well, I'm going to just go and earn. I'm going to go to work and earn max money, right? Mm-hmm. In doing that and wanting to become the main guy on the team, that I I don't I wouldn't I'm not even gonna ask. It's clear to see they've given up championships for that. Yeah. So when I see them like saying yeah, you know, uh, well when I see uh, James Harden saying yeah, well I know what we need to do to win next year. We need to get rid of uh, Chris Paul, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It makes me question whether they're really about winning, you know. Whether I, they're really I, I... about. And I understand the only person that you can say was really about it was Kevin Durant. Yeah. Because he left the max salary. Well, Kevin Durant did not want that stigma of being the best player without a ring that Charles Barkley has following him around for, yeah. for, the, for his career. The only, but Russ didn't leave either. Russ believed that he could have won with KD. That's why he stayed. That's why he stayed. But KD left. So what are you going to do? KD left United Championship winning team. You take the money. Uh, did KD like, leave? Because he didn't believe that OKC were going to win. Yeah, he, he said it. He, he, I think he said it in all the smoke podcasts as well. He said the offense became too stagnant. They weren't. They, they, he didn't have enough skilled players around him. Either he would have to. He explained the tactic that they needed to use to win all the time, and it was too KD dependent, and he needed more skilled players around him to win. So he left the max that. contract to go and winning. He went. He left the max contract to go on a to go to a winning situation. Wherefore. Westbrook the, for Harden, I would blame that on the like the the fucking GM. He, they said he wanted fifty six. You offered him fifty two. Came the answer for me. If you're if you're you're all about winning, but Harden at the time nobody knew he would have been the Harden. Now he was a sixth man. He won sixth man of the year at OKC. The guard was Russell Westbrook. So because they had Russell Westbrook in the guard position, and this was a sixth man of the year, they did not see the value of that extra four million if you already have Russell Westbrook playing uh, point guard. So they let him go, and he, he became what he became. You, you just... 
it was hard to tell that in the moment. It's like when Chelsea sold Salah, I was like, that's grand. If we knew Salah would be this player. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're not going to sell him. But I remember watching Salah at Chelsea and I was like, this guy's never going to cut it here. Like, he, he should go. Like, they must have felt the same way. In hindsight, twenty twenty. So in hindsight, you look at like, wow, an extra four million, and you would have had Harden, Ross, and KD, and definitely would have won a championship because they're all below twenty five, and you went to a mm. final. Mm. So you would have won. They didn't maximize that up uh, that window at all, at all. The championship didn't maximize the championship window. Whereas the spur, the fucking Golden State, they want to get fucking Giannis now. They just want to keep winning. Oh wait, what? That was just rumors that because he becomes a free agent, I think next season. How on restricted work? Giannis. Yeah. Giannis gets to the rim. If you clog the rim, he passes oh, it out to Stephen Clay. No, <laughs> if you if you want to back the perimeter, Giannis goes to the rim. No, I mean from a money. Yeah, from point the money point, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, see I don't how know. that works because they yeah, I don't got, know how it works They just gave um, they just I think Steph's got thirty million a year. Clay's got about thirty-one. Somewhere in between yeah. 29 or something like Raymond that. Raymond has like 25, 27 or something yeah. like that. So I don't uh, think it works from money standpoint, but you know, where does Giannis they, go next? That's because if he stays, he gets a five-year superman. I think it's like five. Is I heard something like if he stays at um, where is he now? The box, Milwaukee. Yeah, if he stays at Milwaukee, he could potentially earn. Just over half a billion dollars in salary. Yeah, in his career. yeah, yeah. I, I saw that as well. That's insane. That is well, insane. But I watched first take and whatever, or like get up, and they said sometimes you like the money you put up, you put away. It's like you're basically putting a loan to get the championship ring. Like they're saying, for example, Patrick Mahomes, you're gonna get that money elsewhere. So what you do is give up that money, keep the good roster around you, and win championship. Just take that money as a loan for the for the rings. Don't look at it as your use of your giving up money. Just take, look at it as an investment, kind of. Because yeah, if you put this investment, yeah, as an because they say quarterbacks take a quarter of the salary up. So <laughs> they said there's never been the highest paid quarterback in the league to win to win the Super Bowl because you're yeah. giving up too much resources. We don't have resources to fill in any other position. So if you're Patrick Mahomes, you put take the investment, put the money, don't take the money, because if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're gonna make that money elsewhere. You don't need that extra four or five million. Actually, let me not say that. Let me not count someone's pockets. But in, from what my perspective is, <laughs> if I if I want to win multiple Super Bowls, that extra four or five million in ring is worth it if the endorsements are gonna cover it anyways. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Hundred percent. But then again, like. I was reading a book a couple of weeks ago, and this guy, um, his boss said, yeah, it was in like sales or something, and his boss said, I'm just going to give you this amount of leads because, yeah, half a million a year is good for you, isn't it? And then the guy turned around and said, how do you know what's good for, good, good for me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can become people's pockets, isn't it? Me telling him four or five million is nothing for rings for four or five million. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I'm, I'm happy. Either way, I'm 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 very excited that the NBA is coming back, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I just I just saw the thing now. Of... I just saw a post now. It says all 22 teams will play eight regular season games to determine playoff seedings. Ah, that was literally what I was about to ask. I, I didn't know what they were gonna do with that, but that's cool. 
I don't think it will change the stand. I don't think it will change who makes it to the playoffs that much. Yeah, it might change, it might change rankings, but I don't think it will change uh, who makes it. Who makes it? But I'm I'm so yeah. excited for it, man. Real talk. Because fucking like, Lakers are like four and a half games up, so in this eight games they'll probably need like three. If they go th- uh, three and five, they've secured yeah. their seeding, yeah. the number one seed. It'll be interesting though, because they need eight games. Give LeBron eight games to get his body adjusted again. First round to be easy for him, anyways, because he's gonna play the eight seed, and then by the second round is when it really starts. Ah, it's fucking lit. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, um, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think we had anything else on the docket, but um, yeah. the only thing in closing, as pastors would say, um, <laughs> oh, and then they go on for like an extra thirty minutes, and then you're there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, in closing, uh, <laughs> what is when are you gonna start like because i know you you've been in you've been going to work during lockdown anyway so life hasn't yeah. really changed that much for you apart from not being able to like like enjoy weekends yeah yeah that's it. Yeah, yeah yeah whereas like i've been at home i've been at home yeah it's the 13th week i've been at home and i've got two, i've got one week left and i swear to god I am not leaving that office for about four months. Honestly, as God <laughs> is my witness, I will be in that office morning till night. But how long have you been you... off now? I haven't been off. I've been working from home since um, March. Damn, mate! It's like when they send the email through saying June fifteenth, you're back in. I almost wanted to shed tears, man, because I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just ready. But like when when Obviously, football is like sports is coming back. People start to yeah. people are starting to go back to work gradually. Um, we're starting to see more and more people out. Like, cool, but it still feels different. Do you get me? Like, when when are you gonna start making plans? Like, saying, oh, okay, well, let's have like a get together with friends, or let's start planning travel. Like, what travel? Travel maybe not anytime soon. We'll get together with friends. Like my friend had a barbecue, I think Friday, last Friday. So that was yeah. like four of us. We were outside. <laughs> so that was that was a get together with friends. And I think on there's there's two girls leaving work on by the end of June, and that's stage three is the end of June when you can have uh, small like small gatherings. So I'm just going according to what they're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So I've had this small barbecue with four people. Obviously, I was at Phoenix Park as well, like, seeing people. So, life has resumed to somewhat normality for me now. It's probably been as, as normal as it can be over this over this weekend because I've had barbecue and went to Phoenix Park. It hasn't felt too different now. But in terms of, like, traveling, who knows, man? I actually don't know. What about you? I don't know, man. I think I'm thinking personally, uh, I, I just don't know if I'm going to travel this year. Yeah, it's, it's a... Even with everything else that's going on, like it's just a bit mad. <laughs> it's like I just I don't really know where I stand in the world as a black guy. So um, <laughs> I saw that tweet. We we look at is this country racist? As if we're tech, checking the temperature before we could, the weather yeah, before we go anywhere in the world. I, I want to I go. I do. I, I want to travel for my twenty fifth. My twenty fifth is in October, but I might just push that out until next year. Like, damn, you'd be young, you know. I'm twenty seven. Right, it's two years. Right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah only, only 26 right now. And our, yeah. our birthdays are like five days apart. Five days apart. It's the same, it's the same thing. 
<laughs> anyway, it was good to do a classic style pod. A classic style pod, we're back. We need to find Denji. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to we relocate are. that guy. Wherever he may be, we'll find him. Don't worry, guys. He'll be back to the next one. And we're we're back, three at the back. See you guys. Yeah, <laughs>